0: Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believers Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. All right, I want to welcome you to Believers Church. I'm so excited that you're with us today. And I'm telling you what, I'm going to put a t shirt on today. It's going to be over 40 degrees. That's like spring in Ohio, right? I mean, isn't that cool? And I'm excited about the lesson today. This is a series titled Culture Clash, and it has nothing to do with the part of culture that's trendy, has nothing to do with the type of clothes you wear, the hairstyles, the song styles. God really doesn't care about that. This has to do with the part of culture that is contrary to the principles of the Bible. And when you and I accept Christ and we begin to follow him, uh, we're gonna have times in our life where we have to make decisions and we're going to clash with the culture that we live in, and something just happened last year. It was it was an extreme culture clash. It happened in uh, 2014. It happened with the Supreme Court of the United States of America. It had to do with the Affordable Care Act, or uh, health care. Some call it Obamacare. And when it came into uh, being used and and being uh, having to be uh, used properly, um, they had a part in there that said larger corporations that were not religious, they had to supply 20 different contraceptives, birth control methods, on their health insurance. And there were some companies, they weren't corporations, they're private companies, and they're owned by Christians. And one of them is a guy named David Green, billionaire guy, and he owns Hobby Lobby. We have one right here in our community. He has 21,000 employees, and he's a Christian. And I realize some of you that are here may have different views than I do. This is not about my view on when life begins. This is just simply about if you don't agree with this decision, there's going to come something that happens that you believe in dearly in the Bible. You feel strongly about where culture is going to tell you you can't do it, or if you do it, you're going to be penalized. And that's what happened with David Green. I believe life begins at conception. And... uh, Four of the six four of the twenty contraceptives, they terminate life once, once they terminate a pregnancy once it's begun. And one one of them that you're very familiar with is called the morning after pill. Well, Hobby Lobby was such a gracious corporation. I mean, before the Affordable Care Act ever came into being, they supplied 16 contraceptives on their health care. They paid extra for their employees' health care to have 16 different contraceptives. But then when the Affordable Care Act came into force, they had to add the additional four. And their conscience told them we can't do that because we believe life begins at conception. So they clashed with our government, with our culture. And the government put a fine on any company that would not follow it. The fine was $100 a day per employee. So for Hobby Lobby, their fine was $2,100,000 a day or $14,700,000 a week. I don't care how wealthy you are, how great your company is, that will put you out of business really, really fast. But David Green said, I can't, I can't do that. So he took it all the way up to the Supreme Court. And I remember the day they said the decision was going to be released. I was, in my mind, I thought uh, Hobby Lobby is going to lose and David's going to lose his company because I know he won't bow down to this. And I, fat, I felt sad, but I was blown away. On a five to four decision, the Supreme Court of the United States of America voted in Hobby Lobby's favor and said, you know what, 16 is enough, and if you have a problem with your conscience, even though you're a company, you're privately owned, you own 100% of your company, you do not have to supply those. And it was a great victory for people that believe the Bible. It was was an incredible victory. And again, you, you may not... You you may believe those four extras are not wrong. You may have a different opinion, but sooner or later, the government and culture is going to ask you to do something that you don't believe in. And you and I, in this this land, land that we live in, we're going to have to make decisions on whether we're going to go with God or we're going to go with. Uh, what what the culture is trying to press us into. So here's what I want to bring across today. I want you to walk out understanding this. When we bow down, God rises up. This is my big idea for this lesson. And I'm talking about bowing down to God. And I'm not just talking about worship like we just did. Uh, That's one way we bow down to God. But we also bow down to God by just serving Him with our lives and just uh, submitting and serving Him with every ounce of our fiber. And here's what I've noticed. When we bow down... God always rises up and does something incredible in our lives. It may be just knocking chains off of us that are holding us down. It could be all kinds of things, but when we bow down, God always rises up, and it's amazing, it's cool. So there's this secret war going on, and th- that's why this lesson's so important. This war started thousands of years ago, And the only way to know about it is by reading the Bible. You can't see it with these eyes. You can't know about it with these ears unless you learn about it in the Bible. You may see the results of it once you know about it. But it's a secret war. It's been going on forever. And it has to do with uh, this super angel that God created. His name is Lucifer. And Lucifer wants to be worshipped. And you can see the verses of Scripture that I have up here. Um, I want to encourage you to read these this week. It's uh, Isaiah 14, 12 through 15, Ezekiel 28, uh, 11 through 19. They talk about the creation of Lucifer and his fall. So let me tell you a little bit about them. God created three super angels. One was Michael, and he created Michael to be a warring angel. He's the great warring angel. And then he created Gabriel. He created Gabriel to be the messenger angel. Uh, angel. And he oversees all the messengers. They send messages all over the universes for God. And then he created Lucifer. He was the third super angel. And he created him to be the worship leader of heaven. What an incredible spot to be in. Leading worship right in front of the throne of God. That's pretty cool. Brandon would love the opportunity to do that, let me tell you. That's incredible. So, but the Bible talks about Lucifer. Here's what it says. It says he was God's most perfect creation ever. He was perfect created perfect. He said, I didn't make anything as perfect as Lucifer. And God put instrumentation in his windpipes. So not only could he sing, he had instruments built in and, and nobody else had that. The Bible talks about his coverings were the most beautiful coverings. And God declared, he's my most perfect, perfect creation. And the Bible says he was perfect in all his ways until iniquity was found in his heart. And that iniquity was pride. Uh, Lucifer became the the father of narcissists, and here's what he said. This is a true statement. It's in the text that's up there. Lucifer said, I will raise my throne above God's, and in translation, what he said was, I want to be worshiped. I'm as good as God is. I'm better than God. I want people to worship me, and he's very influential, so guess what? One-third of the angels followed him, and then there was a war in heaven. And, you know, Michael's, Lucifer's created to sing. Michael's created for war. Michael took him out in seconds. Security came and boom. He, he, he's, knocked, he's knocked out of heaven really fast. And Gabriel sent the message all around. And it, it was, heaven's missing, they're missing its wor- their worship leader at this time. And God created us to take the place of Lucifer and be the ones that worship him in our voices, in our singing, and also with our lifestyles. And it's important for you to know that this battle hasn't ended. Get a hold of this. Jesus water fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. That's a long time. And at the end of his water fast, the devil, who's Lucifer, he came and he tempted Jesus. And the the third temptation, he tempted him three times. The third temptation is mind-blowing. Take a look at what happened here. It says in Matthew 4, 8 through 10, Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. He said, all this I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. I love Jesus, he says. Away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. This is crazy. Think about it. Jesus is the one that created everything. He made everything you can see and can't see. He created Lucifer. He's the one that made him lucifer knows him satan knows who jesus is and here's jesus in the flesh he came to die to set mankind free and the devil is so crazed to be worshiped that he knew jesus was weakened in his body and he said to jesus you know you have to die before you can sit at the right hand of god i'll give you the whole world if you just bow down and worship me how crazy is that how blind it is the devil to think the creator of the universe would worship him But here's why I read it, he still wants to be worshiped. And every one of you in this room that have accepted Christ, he already knows he lost you for eternity. He already knows that you're gonna go to heaven. He's upset with that, but there's one more thing he can do with us, he can stop us from worshiping God with our voices, and he can stop us from worshiping God with our lifestyles. He does not want God to be elevated. Remember what he said? I want to place my throne above God's throne. Well, this has been happening throughout all the Bible history. You can read it in all kinds of stories. But in the end, there's this guy coming. He's called the Antichrist. He's literally the devil's false messiah. And he's going to come on the scene. And I've shared this in each lesson for different reasons in Culture Clash. He's going to come on the scene, and he's going to solve all the problems in the Middle East. Can we all agree that the Middle East has some problems? I mean, you have Iran. They're saying our goal is to wipe Israel off the map. You have God in the Bible saying, Israel's my chosen people, I love them. I love Jerusalem, it's the apple of my eye. I like them more than, I just, I chose them. And so Iran's saying I'm gonna wipe them off. You have ISIS and ISIL, and we saw the crazy things they did in the last week. Uh, I mean, it's crazy over there. The Antichrist is gonna come on the scene and he's gonna solve the problems in the Middle East. The Jews are gonna be happy with him. Iran's gonna be happy with him. Isis is going to be happy. He's going to solve all the problems in the Middle East. He'll be a false messiah. And for three and a half years, everyone's going to just love this guy. And then in the middle of that seven-year period, three and a half years, he's going to show himself for who he truly is. L- allow me to read this scripture to you, Second Thessalonians 2 and verses 3 and 4. Don't be fooled by what they say, for that day will not come until there's a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness, the Antichrist, is revealed, the one who brings destruction. He will exalt himself and defy everything that people call god and every object of worship he will even sit in the temple of god claiming that he himself is god and that's referring to the temple that the jews will build they haven't built it yet but they're going to build it And he's going to sit in there and say i'm god you guys need to worship me and it's going to get crazy at that time now you and i i believe will be raptured up before then some people believe we'll be here and no matter what, we'll recognize that guy, right? We're going to know, hey, that, that's not the guy we worship. Here's why I read this to you. Behind the scenes, it's important for you and I to know he still wants God's worship. He wants to be worshiped. And here's something else that I think is really important. This is, this is what really matters, because when we bow down, God rises up. We need to know this is happening. Listen to this. The spirit of Antichrist is already working in this world, 1 John 4, 3, part B says this, such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. So the Antichrist isn't here, but the spirit of Antichrist is here. Antichrist means against Christ. It's just, he's against Christ. Anything that magnifies Jesus, he hates. So I want to help you understand that it's here. You guys will say, oh, I felt it. I've had people come against me with that spirit and I'll tell you a story. Before I accepted Christ and decided to follow him, before I knew him, um, my routine was on Friday nights, Saturday nights, and Sunday nights, I'd go to nightclubs, and I would drink, I'd get high, and I'd close them down, and about 3 a.m. in the morning, I'd drive home. Now, my mom really loved me. She's a sweet woman. She's still alive, my mom and dad, and she would always be waiting at the door just to make sure I didn't die before I came home, and she wasn't passionate she wasn't mean she would just say honey you need to stop doing that you might get in a car accident somebody might hurt you and she would just very nicely say you need to stop going in the bars i don't like you going in the bars then i accepted christ and when i accepted christ on friday nights and saturday nights i sat at home in the living room and in the kitchen and i read my bible instead of going out and sunday nights i went to church i never saw my mom become so passionate she she went crazy. And she was a religious woman. She went to church, but she hadn't met Christ yet. And I'd be reading my Bible, and she'd come in there and say, When are you going to stop reading that Bible? Put that Bible away. And she'd say, Quit going to church. And why, why, why do you always talk about Jesus? I don't want to hear about Jesus. Stop talking about Jesus. And, and then my mom, my mom, she'd say, Why don't you go out to the bars tonight? <laughs> She's asking me to, she'd rather have me in a bar than loving Jesus. Now, listen. The Antichrist spirit wasn't possessing my mom. It doesn't possess people, but it influences. It's in the world, and it's against anything that is pro-God, because what's the devil's goal? I want to put my throne above his. He doesn't want Jesus to be exalted. It's amazing, people can get into other religions, and nobody bothers them. But you say you love Jesus, people get crazy. I had two best friends and I hung out with these guys, and I was over their house a lot, so I got to know their parents. And I was always, at a young age, really good with adults, so I became friends with their parents and, and, and had great relationships. So then when I accepted Christ, I told my best friends, you need to come to church with me. One of them came, and he didn't like it, and he took off. The other one said, no way, and I lost two of my best friends, and both of them now are Christians. But it took a while. And, and, uh, but here's the story. a Couple months had passed, I'm in, a, I'm in a store, and I see one of the, my friend's moms, and I thought, I'm going to go say hi to her. I haven't seen her for a couple months, because I wasn't going over their houses anymore. And, and I walk up, I go, hey, Mrs. So-and-so, how you doing? And she looked at me like this, turned around, and walked away from me. And I had my hand out to shake her hand. She just walked away from me. She didn't even say hi. That's the spirit of Antichrist. What, am I saying she was possessed? Am I saying she's terrible? No. It's just that influence in our culture that just hates anything full blast for Jesus. And you and I are living in a culture that's that's that way. And it all comes from the guy that said, I'm gonna put my throne above his throne. And you and I are still facing that today. And so some of you are sitting here saying, I recognize that, I recognize that. And, And I wanna talk to you about worshiping God with our lifestyle. This is a subtle way the enemy tries to stop us from worshiping. Jesus. Just some subtle ways. And the first one really is the root that he wants to get at. And it goes like this, the root. It, it's out of Luke uh, and 27. It, it and it's just not loving God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. You know, Jesus said the first commandment is to love God with every fiber of your being, your heart, your soul, your mind. And the last thing Mr. Devil wants is for you to love God with everything you have every fiber of your being. So what he tries to do is cause us to focus on everything else in this world but God. Remember how I told you he's already lost you so he knows you're going to heaven but what he wants you to do is not to serve God with every fiber of your being. Why? Because he wants to be served and if he can't be served he at least doesn't want God to be served. Here's another one it's very subtle but it's not believing or following scriptural principles. And, you know, when we read principles in the Bible, the last thing the enemy wants is for us to say, I'm going to follow that. I'm going to practice that in my life. He doesn't want you to do it. It's very subtle. It's very subtle. And the third one is very important, not attending and being part of a local church. Let me tell you why this is so important. The local church was chosen by God, not just ours, but all local churches. They're chosen by God to be the vehicle that God reaches the world with. That's why as a church, we exist to see a city connected with God. That's our vision. Our mission as a church is we want to turn people into fans, friends, and then followers of Christ. That's our mission. And and all churches, in one way or another, that's, that's what we're all about. And think about it. Churches are dedicated to bring Jesus to the world and the last thing the enemy wants any of us to do is hook up in a church. So let me tell you what happens. When someone goes to the volunteer tent out there, they say, I want to be one of the BC green people wearing that green shirt, and I want to be one of those people that smile and, and say welcome, or whatever, whatever you do here, you can work in so many different capacities. I'm telling you, behind the scenes, the devil's like, just like this, because, oh no, They're going to help believers do what I've called, what God called believers to do, and he's nervous. He's thinking, "Oh no, believers brought 1,200 people to Christ last year inside their four walls. Oh no, believers has 45 percent of the people that join our church are on church people. Oh no, oh no, that church is bringing glory to God, and he's thinking, eight out of ten of the first-time visitors that come to believers accept Christ." he goes insane and the last thing he wants you to do is serve and you know why else he doesn't want you to serve or hook up with a church and become part of a church i'll tell you why else he doesn't want us to do that guys and it's important for us to understand why he doesn't want you to do it because when we bow down god rises up and you can talk to our volunteers you know what you'll hear come out of our volunteers mouth ever since i began to serve here It's amazing, God touched my children's life, God impacted my grandkids, God did this for me, God did that for me, and what happens is, when we say to God, I'm gonna live for you with every fiber of our our being, God begins to just do these incredible things in our life, and the enemy goes insane, he goes, oh no. You know what else he hates about church? This morning, all of our voices were raised up worshiping the, the Lord, the King, the creator of the universe, and let me tell you, there's not a demon in hell that was around here this morning. They ran off, because they want The worship that belongs to God. But God created us to worship Him. And the fourth point is real simple. It's it's just simply you and I not living our Christianity out loud. And that just simply means that we become the light of the world. And can you can you guys understand how the enemy doesn't want us to be the light of the world? He doesn't want us to do anything that glorifies God. So for all the students in here, the last thing he wants you to do is let anybody in your school know that, hey, I go to Paramount. Hey, why don't you come visit Paramount? He doesn't, want, he doesn't want you to live your Christianity out loud. For all of us, he doesn't want us to live it out loud. Why? Because his goal, remember the war that's going on? I want to raise my throne above God's. He doesn't want God glorified, Jesus glorified in any way. So this is what we're fighting in culture. And if God can get a Christian, or the devil, excuse me, if he can get a Christian to zip our lips and not worship God, he's excited because he wants our worship and he'll take it by default. As as long as we don't give it to God, he's happy. So I want to share a story with you. Last week, if you weren't here, we talked about the book of Daniel and we dealt with uh, a story in Daniel where uh, we talked about the labels God wants to put on us, the labels the world wants to put on us. And everybody was here, you know, we had a lot of snow last week, so we didn't have the, the same size crowd people in the lobby, the chatter was incredible, and people are coming up to me in the lobby and all week, and they're saying, Pastor Joe, you have to tell everybody this week. They need to listen to that lesson. They, they, they said, that lesson changed my life. So if you weren't here, uh, you can listen to it for free on one of our many platforms. I encourage you to listen to it for free. It was life-changing. Well, we're going we're gonna to listen to another, uh, t- talk about another story. This story has to do with Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar, he built this statue of himself, And he wanted everybody in his kingdom to worship him. So he builds a statue. You can read about it in Daniel 3, verses 1 through 30. He builds a statue, and he says, when the music plays, everybody has to bow down to my statue. How many of us know now? We know the secret war. Who was behind that? We know who was behind that. The one that wanted to raise his throne above God. And he said, if you don't worship me, you're going to be thrown into a fire, and you're going to be burned alive. That's what the enemy does. And so there's these three Hebrew kids, and these three Hebrew kids said, you know what, king? And I want to show you how they handled it. They said, we really respect you, but we're not bowing down to the statue. They, 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 they were really cool about it, but they said, we can only worship God, and we can't worship your statue. And the king was really angry, so the king brings them to himself. And I want you to listen to the dialogue that happened. This is uh, Daniel 3.16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And those are the th- three of the four names we talked about last week. Reply to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us uh, from your majesty's hand. Listen to verse 18. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, notice how respectful they are, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up, and, and I really believe if we felt at anything as Christians that we need to improve, is how we say no to culture. Uh, you know, we don't have to be mean, we don't have to be haughty, we don't have to act holier than thou, but we do need to take a stand. Can you guys see how they took a stand? They said, hey, your majesty, we recognize you're the king. We just can't worship that statue, I'm sorry. It, you're, you're good looking and all, but I can't worship your statue, just not gonna happen. And, and so the king, you know, his veins popped out in his neck. He was really, really mad. And he said, heat that furnace up seven times hotter. He had his toughest, biggest special service soldiers. He said, bind those guys up. So they tied them up and he said, throw them in the fire. So these big old soldiers go to throw them in the fire. And the, the Bible says it was so hot that the soldiers died throwing them in. So the king's like, yeah, I'll show them, people are going to worship me, people are going to bow down to me. These three Hebrew Hebrew kids, they knew when when we bow down to God, God rises up. So they're thrown in there and the king's blown away because they don't burn to a crisp. He sees them stand up and then there's a fourth person with them in there and he's like, I see four people in there and and, and, and all the ropes he tied them with, they all disappeared. Let's read it. It's a really cool couple of verses to read and it says this, In verse 24, then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire can you imagine? they're they're cruising in the fire that's amazing and and their hair didn't burn they didn't smell like smoke their clothes didn't burn this this is supernatural protection when we bow down god rises up that's what i want you to see and even though they were in the fire god showed up and was there with him and here's what i want to say to all of us in this room guys this culture this world is going to throw some fire your way it's going to throw some trials some temptations, but here's what I want to encourage you with. In the middle of all that, you say, I've got this chain trying to hold me down. I have this problem, that problem. I just want you to know, if you make a decision to bow down to God and worship God, He's going to rise up, and Jesus and His grace are going to come into your life, and you'll actually come out of that fire stronger and better than when you walked in, because when we bow down, God rises up, And as you see culture trying to press on you, trying to cause you to submit to it, understand that God wants to walk with you as you take a stand for God. And you say, I'm going to bow down with God. And I want to show you how crazy this this became. It's really cool. Verse 28, then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He said, Knock my statue down. Heck with my statue. He says, who has sent his angels and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willingly uh, to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree, now he's going to protect them, that people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble. For no other god can save in this way Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. How many of us can agree when we bow down, God rises up? I I mean, that's amazing. They, They had a promotion out of this deal. And that's why I want to encourage you today, man, in every area of your life, with every fiber of your being, make a decision that I'm going to bow down to God. The enemy wants you to be neutral as Christians. He doesn't want you just living out loud for God. And with your lips, I want to encourage you, to become a worshiper. And that's why I saved a song. We're going we're gonna to sing it in a couple of minutes. But before we do, I want to pray. Can we close our eyes, bow our heads? Lord, I've done my best to teach an incredible part of the Bible. And all of us right now, man, we say thank you that when we bow down, you, you rise up, Lord. And some of us need you to rise up in some areas of our life. So we're going we're gonna to make some decisions to do that very thing today, Lord. But heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You know, maybe you're here today, maybe you're a visitor. Maybe you've been here a couple times. But you say, Pastor Joe, I can't remember a day when I made it personal with Jesus. I just can't remember a day when I did that. Maybe you say, I'm kind of like your mom. You know, I I see Christians and I I just feel something rise up in me that I I don't like somebody living for Jesus. Well, now you know it's not because you're bad, it's the influence of, of our enemy. He's trying to influence you. That's the spirit of Antichrist. But you know what? I can tell you, I stand before you, there's nothing more joyful, more peaceful, more exciting than giving your heart over to Jesus. And and that's a decision that you'll never forget. If you you made that decision, you would know it right now because the lights go on, everything changes. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I'm ready today to to give my heart to Jesus and make a decision to follow him. Would you pray with me right now? And, And I wanna make sure we're very clear I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church. I'm not asking you if you've been water baptized, either as a baby or an adult. I'm not asking you to join our church. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day when from your heart, you said, Jesus, I make a decision to follow you. All those other things are great, but can you remember that day? And you say, no, pastor, but I believe in Jesus. I see him as for who he is. I'm ready to pray today. Would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, would you help them pray? Simply say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe and I make a decision to follow you today. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.